Trying to make it all make sense. Me, more, you, no, podcast. Today I want to talk about different emotional types shared in the book Emotional Freedom by Judith Orloff. So an emotional type is the filter which you see the world through, and it's the default setting of your personality to which you revert, especially under duress. Everybody's different and typically has a dominant emotional type, but you can definitely be a mix of these different emotional types. It's very important to have awareness surrounding what emotional types you fall into, to have better control over your thoughts, how you act, as well as how you react to things in life. So I want to go through the four emotional types that Judith Orloff discusses in her book Emotional Freedom. For every emotional type, I first want to go through a quiz that Judith shares in the book to better describe what the emotional type is like, as well as the upside and downside to each emotional type, and then finally some emotional action steps that can be taken to find better balance in life for this emotional type. So I'm now going to go through these emotional types. The first emotional type is the intellectual. They are bright, articulate, incisive analysts who are most comfortable in their minds. And they tend to take a cerebral approach on life rather than an emotional one. To determine whether you qualify as an intellectual, you should ask yourself these questions. Do you believe that you can think your way to any solution? When presented with a problem, do you immediately start analyzing the pros and cons, rather than noticing how it makes you feel? Are you uncomfortable when people get highly emotional? Do you tend to get overly serious? Do you distrust gut decisions? And do you prefer planning over being spontaneous? If you answered yes to between one and three of these questions, it suggests that you tend to process emotions intellectually. Now if you do fall in the emotional type of the intellectual, the upside is you're an impeccable analyzer with a killer sense of logic. You're comfortable in the world of ideas and abstract thought. You're able to debate a point. You respect and utilize what's scientifically proven. And you can keep calm in emotionally heated situations. Now the downside for intellectuals is that you may live from the neck up, meaning that you have difficulty connecting with your own feelings or another's. You also may seem emotionally cold, as well as withholding or snobbish about anything that doesn't fit your system. You also may not be able to turn off your brain at night and obsess over problems. You also may believe in spirituality, but are hard-pressed to feel it in your soul. And lastly, you may often forget to be playful. Now there are a few steps you can take as an intellectual to find better balance in life. The first is to remember to breathe. Focusing on your breath can be a quick fix to a hyperactive mind. Next, you should exercise. And lastly, you should try to empathize. To get in better sync with your emotions as well as others, you should always ask yourself, how can I respond from my heart and not just my head? From here, we reach the second emotional type, which is the empath. Empaths are highly sensitive, finely tuned instruments when it comes to emotions, sometimes to an extreme, and they're less prone to intellectualized feelings. They're naturally giving, spiritually attuned, and good listeners, and the trademark of an empath is that they know where you're coming from. To determine whether you're an emotional empath, you should ask yourself these questions. Have you been labeled as too emotional or overly sensitive? If a friend is distraught, do you start feeling it too? Are your feelings easily hurt? Are you emotionally drained by crowds and require time alone to revive? Do your nerves get frayed by noise, smell, or excessive talk? Do you prefer taking your own car to places so that you can leave when you please? Do you overeat to cope with emotional stress? And lastly, are you afraid of becoming engulfed in intimate relationships? If you answered yes to between one and three of these questions, you're at least part empath. If you responded yes to more than three of these, it indicates that this is your emotional type. Now the upside to being an empath is that you've got a big heart, and you're gifted in helping others. Your sensitivity makes you passionate and exquisitely sensual. You're intuitive about people's thoughts and feelings. You're emotionally responsive, meaning that you can relate to another's feelings. You're in touch with your body and emotions. 
And lastly, you have a palpable sense of spirituality. Now, the downside of being an empath is that you're an emotional sponge, and you can absorb people's negativity. You're also so sensitive to emotions, you feel like a wire without insulation. You're also prone to anxiety, depression, and fatigue. You may also feel somewhat bothered by living in the same space with other people. You may also have chronic debilitating physical symptoms. And lastly, you may have difficulty setting boundaries with draining people and get run over by them. Some emotional action steps that you can take to find better balance as an empath is to enlist your intellect and focus on using it. You can also allow quiet time to emotionally decompress. You should also meditate. And lastly, you should define and honor your empathetic needs. Next, the third emotional type is the rock. These are people who are emotionally strong for themselves as well as others, and they're good at being practical. They don't lose their cool and there's a solid border between themselves and the world. And they prefer life on an even keen level, but they won't stray away from difficulties. To determine whether you're a rock, you should ask yourself if it's easier to listen than share your feelings. You should also ask yourself if you often feel like the most dependable person in the room. Next, you should ask yourself if people tend to come to you with their troubles. You should also ask yourself if you're able to stay calm when others aren't. Also ask yourself if you'd rather avoid introspection. And lastly, ask yourself if you're generally satisfied with the status quo of relationships, but others are often trying to draw you out emotionally. If you answered yes to between one and three of these questions, you definitely have some rock-like tendencies. And if you answered yes to more than three of these questions, this is your emotional type. The upside of being a rock is that you're a pillar of strength for others. You're also consistent and loyal. Rocks also enjoy giving, and they respect people, as well as wish the best for them. And they lastly get along with nearly everyone. Now the downside to being a rock is that you can become detached from your feelings. You can harbor anger and frustration. Your relationships may lack excitement and depth. You may not always make waves or challenge yourself to grow emotionally, and you may rather avoid conflict than confront difficult issues in relationships. Now some emotional action steps that can be taken to find balance as a rock is to focus on updating your attitude, meaning to become more spontaneous with how you act. And lastly, you should express a feeling a day, which means that in a daily journal you should record one emotion you're experiencing. Doing so will allow you to better articulate your emotions. And finally, the fourth emotional type is the gusher. These are people who are great at knowing their emotions and sharing them with others. They're the opposite of rocks and no one has to wonder where they're emotionally at. To determine whether you're a gusher, you should ask yourself if it's easy for you to express your emotions. You should ask yourself if you get anxious keeping your feelings in. You should also ask yourself when a problem arises, is your first impulse to pick up the phone. You should also ask yourself if you need to take a poll before finalizing a decision. You should also ask yourself if your friends are often telling you that you're sharing too much information. And lastly, you should ask yourself if you have difficulty sensing other people's emotional boundaries. If you answered yes to between one and three of these questions, you possess some gusher tendencies. Responding yes to three or more of these indicates that this is your emotional type. Now, the upside of being a gusher is that you're emotionally articulate. Negativity also doesn't fester in you if you express it to others. You also have a supportive network of friends. Gushers also value intimate relationships and are sensitive listeners. And lastly, they deal with hard issues and process them quickly. Now, the downside for being a gusher is that you're a candidate for becoming a drama queen. You may also turn your friends into therapists. You'll also seek external feedback before consulting your intuition for answers. You'll find the need to share excessively, and this may burn out other people. And lastly, you probably haven't fully embraced your own inner power or spiritual strengths. Now, some emotional action steps that you can take as a gusher to find better balance in life is to focus on centering your own feelings before soliciting support from others. It's vital to understand that the most important relationship you'll ever have is with yourself. And with this being said, knowing your emotional type provides a platform to evolve emotionally. And being able to evolve emotionally will increase your ability to craft a life of significance.
Personal development is something often not shared with those in high school, college, and recent graduates, even though it could drastically minimize failure and mitigate struggles. I wrote The More You Know, a young man's guide to living a life of significance and fulfillment to make a change to that. My motivation for writing the book was to impact those between 15 and 25 searching for something more or feeling stuck. And reading this book will transform your life instilling the necessary principles, concepts, and philosophies, enabling anyone to create a life of significance that changes the world. You will learn about jumping in the deep end by taking opportunity, handling family, friends, and a big network, relationships and sex, significance over success, gratitude and appreciation, justifications, empathy, authenticity, being no different than those you look up to, being the hero of your own movie, having a choice in understanding what's in your control, focusing on you, life not being all butterflies and rainbows, the fact that it could always be worse, mentorship and apprenticeship, propelling through podcasting, habits and routines to build momentum and own the day, the importance of due diligence and preparation, working out for those who don't enjoy it, the value of reading and learning how to speed read, picking your addictions wisely and insights from my past life of partying, the truth about government institutions, social media aka Pandora's box, music's influence both good and bad, money and finances, being aware throughout your journey to significance, and finally being the nice guy who finishes last. I've priced the book to be extremely affordable to make as large of an impact as possible, and you can get yourself a copy of the ebook for 99 cents or a paperback version for $8.99. Check the link in the podcast description or search for the more you know on Amazon to get yourself a copy. I hope this talk makes a positive impact in your life. Please subscribe to the podcast wherever you are listening or watching it. Check out other episodes, leave a review, and follow us on social media at More You Know Pod. Again, thank you for listening as we propel with podcasting through the more you know. I'm just trying to make it all make sense. The More You Know Podcast.